I wanted to mention real quick, uh, we had mentioned in our first episode talking about there being uh, money on the line for some of these tournaments, things like that, the accusations of cheating. We will get to that sort of stuff. 20 minute delay, the whole reason it was instilled was so that we can try to deter cheating, 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 cheating. which we've been promising we're going to talk about. We, I promise we will. Um, well, well you know, Tim, there, there was that one incident, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll save that for the cheating episode. Yeah, we'll I mean, at one point, we really got to get to this cheating, cheating episode. episode. It's like we're always talking about doing this cheating episode. Cheating, cheating, cheating episode. Cheating episode. Welcome, my name is Timp. They call me Axial. And I am Herfy Durfy. And this is Go Mode, a Link to the Past randomizer podcast. And guys, there is this, um, there's this feeling that I don't get very often, and it's, it's something that I really cherish, and it's the feeling of saying that you're going to do something. And saying it so many times, be like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, you know. And it's not something you necessarily have to do, but it's something you really want to do. And then that feeling of finally doing it, that's just so damn satisfying. That is exactly what I'm feeling right now. And do you know why? I have no idea. Why, why temp? What, what are you guys talking about? Of course you know why. <laughs> we, we literally just had this interview. No, I, How would you I, not know why? No, Tim, I, I got to maintain kayfabe. Kayfabe? Kayfabe? Kayfabe. Yeah, kayfabe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ax, that's actually funny. Axe always does this thing where he acts like he doesn't know what I'm going to say, even though like, we just <laughs> talked about it. To be like, whoa. I, I've got the best kayfabe out there. You know, I, I do, it for, do it for the fans. It's pretty yeah. good. Guys. We're doing the cheating episode. Yay! We're finally doing it. In fact, we just finished up our interview with our esteemed guest, Ak the Boker. Um, and I feel like we did it right. I, I'm glad that we put it off as long as we did so that we could come at it from a place of knowing a little bit more than we did all the other times we maybe thought about doing it. I think also it was the right time for it. Um, and I, I absolutely loved having Ak on. I, I, he's, he was a great guest and uh, had, had a lot of yeah, really I, interesting things. Ak told a lot of jokes that we had to cut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think you're going to hear that pretty more or less unedited as, as far as I can tell. No, but what about the joke about... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll see how I'm feeling. We'll see how I'm feeling about... Um, all right, but before we get into that, of course, we've got to update you on news. A lot of these are updates on things that we talked about last week, frankly, but um, we have Axe with us now, so we yeah, have to talk now, about now them I again. And by the way, <laughs> Axe, welcome back. It's so good to have yeah, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be back. Um, uh, spoiler alert for those who are going to listen to the whole episode. I uh, didn't listen to last week's episode because real life had kind of gotten in the way, and uh, I really, really regret that because something happened <laughs> that I really could have could have used that uh, that V thirty one discussion to help me with. So got, um, let this be a lesson to you to never skip an episode of Go Mode. I honestly can't understand that because there is nothing I would love more than to be able to listen to this podcast but not have to make the damn thing. <laughs> like that, that's the whole reason I started it is because I wanted there to be a podcast about Rando. 
So to, the idea of just like getting to hear one and not having to like spend so much time. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I mean, that's fine. Like you a, got a lot going on. Dug your own grave on that one. I know. Yeah. That's my fault. <laughs> you got you got a lot going on. I, we forgive you. Um, but let's get into it now. So obviously, uh, V31 is out. Has been out for a little while. I think the community is getting a little more acclimated to it in general. Get you know starting to adapt to the rules and some of the changes. Specifically, there was a hotfix that was released uh, this last week. Um, V31.0.2 is the update, uh, and we'll go ahead and link that change log in the episode description for you. It's nothing too exciting, honestly. It's just a, a couple of quick uh, changes to hints. Um, progressive bows are now considered unique. Mimic Cave has now been added to requires the hammer. And Graveyard Ledge has been added to Requires Bomb. I guess those were some oversights. And some bug fixes. Um, logic updates here as well, but they're, they're pretty minor. Um, so I would just encourage you to go read over that, um, you know, in, in case you're curious. But it shouldn't really affect anybody's play. If you've already played a few V31 seeds, it's pretty much the same. But um, Axial, you, so you just played your first V31 seed. In fact, you played our biweekly seed as that. And we'll talk about the specifics of that seed. But what, what were your thoughts on, you know, playing um, a V31? So it's funny because during the VOD, I, I complain a lot about V31. But um, that's mostly just because this particular seed was really mean. But I do In a like, very V31-ish sort of way, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, but I do think the new options that were added are pretty cool. The the fast Ganon is a good addition, and the not needing all the crystals to open up GT. I mean, I I went into GT with only four crystals, and it felt weird. It was it was <laughs> new and odd. But um, yeah, I uh, I'm excited to play more of it and get more used to it, and then I'll be like, ugh. V30, how pedestrian. Kind of like yeah. how I thought about V29 after V30. Totally, yeah. Herf, have you had a chance to play V31 yet? No, not yet. I haven't really gotten around to it yet, to be honest. And I'm, yeah, I kind of feel the same as X does. I'm, I have a little bit of, you know, change. I don't like change. Uh, so I'm not sure how much I would enjoy it, but I plan to eventually. Yeah. So it's been interesting. Um, you know, I've actually probably at this point played more V31 seeds that for all intents and purposes are just like V30 in their goals. You know, I'm not doing a lot of these like four sevens or zero zeros or, you know, anything like that fast Ganon, mm -hmm. um, you know, basically setting it to seven, seven and doing defeat Ganon, which is the same as a, an open, you know, V30 seed was, but um, on that note, you know, there is a new Sprite I'm, I've become somewhat partial to. I do like the Piranha Plant. I think I'll roll with that for a little while oh, until wait, we get our uncle. Wait, because I, I was on last episode. Chunky Samus is back, and it Ooh. is awesome. My girl nice. is out there. She's buff, <laughs> and she's ready to kick some butt. Hell yeah. Um, and as I mentioned, uh, the main tournament... Um, which we had said, you know, was doing the 4-7 uh, fast scan, and that was the whole reason we did our bi-weekly seed is that. Um, they did listen to the feedback, and they've switched what they're going to do to what I was just describing, basically the 7-7 seven, seven defeat Ganon, which is the same goal as a, you know, o standard or open V30 seed. So, um, yeah, that I think that's a relief to a lot of people. Um, they were, you know, I think maybe we need a little bit more time with some of these extra goals to decide if we really like them or not. Uh, before we start standardizing them and making them kind of the the main way to go, um, so that's what they're doing. 
Um, and that uh, tournament starts, I think qualifiers start like November 3rd, mm-hmm. something, November, yeah, so. Yeah, um, I, I yeah. already am just going to announce here on the, the podcast for everybody, I'm not going to be playing in that because I'm going to be getting married, and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Mrs. Axial. That's future Mrs. Axial cheering, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, future Mrs. because Axial. of the, the time that qualifiers fall and when my, my wedding is going to be, um, <laughs> It's it's just not going to work. So I will be be watching and cheering everybody on, but I will not be participating. Understandable, certainly understandable. Um, I think I'm going to try to. Honestly, I'm I'm I can't see very far past Speed Gaming Live, which comes up just the week before that. Um, which, as previously mentioned, we have a, a lot of fun things planned for you for that. So um, I think once I get home from that, I'll be able to think a little bit more about the main tournament, and we'll we'll get more into discussing that in more detail. I think, but. Um, yeah, that, that is, uh, pretty much all that's going on with the tournament and, you know, V31, uh, speaking of winning tournaments, I have to double back to something that I have to be honest for a while. I thought we had just missed, but it turns out it was just very slowly moving. And that is the cross keys tournament. Uh, remember the cross keys tournament? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do so, remember it. So, uh, here's what I, I believe happened. And this is kind of reading, you know, through some discords and things. Uh, the main part of that bracket moved pretty quickly and Korek was the winner of that bracket, but this was like a double elimination kind of situation where if you lost, you'd move down to, you know, losers or elimination bracket. So while, uh, we got to the end of that main bracket quite a while ago, we had been waiting for our losers bracket to catch up and it finally did, uh, uh, earlier this week, I should say, um, I believe Monday the 30th of September was when the first game of a best of five final set started between Korek and Dracaris. I actually got to check a little bit of that uh, race out. And uh, last week it was announced that Korek is the grand winner of the Cross Keys tournament. So GG to Korek, uh, former guest on our show and, and friend of the show. Um, as, as we, uh, kind of touched on back when we did initially talk about the cross keys tournament, a lot of big names in that one, a lot of really, really talented runners. So to be the winner of one, you know, a tournament with that many talented runners and to be playing on settings that are entrance and key shuffled, you know, everything shuffled, basically (laughs) the ultimate kind of randomized version of, of randomizer is, uh, pretty damn impressive. So Huge GG to Korik, and uh, also GG and congratulations to the organizers of the Cross Keys tournament uh, for for uh, having that conclude and, and seeing it through. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Any other thoughts on the, anything we've talked about so far? No, I think you covered pretty much uh, everything. Uh, the only thing I can maybe say something to is uh, the main tourney stuff, which I'm personally very happy about. Hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think... Other than that, you covered it. Sweet. All right. Um, that ALTTP speed gaming marathon um, uh, went off without a hitch uh, at this point a couple weekends ago as you're listening to this. I think that was the weekend of uh, the 21st of September. Um, it was like a, uh, like a, a 24 or 48 hours, something like that, uh, maybe 36 hours. It was like a day and a half stream um, nonstop of just different Link to the Past stuff. I did get a chance to check out a little bit of it. Um, I will link the uh, Twitch VOD of the entire thing in the description of this episode if you want to check that out, scrub through it, see some of the stuff they were doing. Um, Okay, it looks like it was a 26-hour stream, so just a little over a day. Um, But one of the things I saw that I thought was kind of cool 
was um, Synac or Synac uh, and Espeon uh, doing an ice rod hunt, and they uh, it was like they both had everything, and um, whenever they would open a chest that had something that they already had, it would be empty, and they were just looking around the world for just the ice rod. Um, and I forget where it was. It was somewhere, you know, like up on Death Mountain, I think. But I like this idea of just, you know, like this various way of playing. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but you could pretty much do that from the customizer, right? Like put yeah. that together or something like that. Uh, yeah. Sinek, like, has the spot which he, basically he can generate pretty much anything that you want just by, you know, varying the parameters he sends to the API of the rando site. And uh, I watched the Ice Rod Hunt too. They actually did a couple of them because um, I think the first one that they did, it was over after like 14 minutes or something because the Ice Rod was a mini Moldorm cave. So, you know, <laughs> one of them walked down to the south and then ta-da, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can do a lot of interesting and weird things if you really get into the customizer. The thing is, I'm not sure if the customizer offers you like all the options that you could potentially do or if the ui supports all the options that you can potentially do mm. but i can't really speak to like all the technical stuff behind it i might talk to Synac. uh i think it would be kind of cool to put out a ice rod hunt seed for uh people in our discord not as our like main bi-weekly seed but just something maybe a group of people could get together and race and, and try to find where it is i'll talk to him about that see if we can get that going i just thought that would be fun it's it you know, it seems like it could be relatively quick. Even at its worst, you have all the equipment. So, like, you know, if you have to, like, pull ped, that's going to be, like, 30, 40 minutes. You know, like, it's it, it's probably not going to be that bad. Mm -hmm. Then again, I guess it could be an invalidation chest. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it can get very bad. And I think it's kind of like, I watched it, and I no offense to both of those guys, but I thought it was a little lacking because really? you're, you're showing the part about every rando seed that every person hates normally <laughs> and yeah. you know it was so it really showed off how like crazy it was because one of them was over after like four minutes and the other one was like oh god we we're looking through every dungeon like crazy people and it's not showing up anywhere but didn't you i mean every time they came up to a chest i was like it was like a little dice roll. I don't know. Like that's, that's yeah, how, but that's how... just rando, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a part of rando. Mm -hmm. it, this this distilled rando down to one of its ingredients, you know. And I think like that yeah, might the be worst one, the ice rod hunt. <laughs> it's like you know making no, poison no, out I'm... of soup. No, I mean um, <laughs> looking looking for that item, that search, that you yeah, know, know, the anticipation of walking into Paradox Cave. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. like what? What am I about to get? I, I enjoy that part of Rando quite a bit. Um, it's it's just one small part of the entire equation, but it really kind of distilled that down. Where like every time was like uh, pulling the the arm of a uh, like slots machine. You know, like yeah, is this going to be it or not? I suppose. I I personally don't really know how much long longevity it has, but maybe maybe I'm oh, just oh yeah maybe no it's I'm not just not the person like maybe I'm just not the right person for it. <laughs> Well, I don't think I'm not saying we should start like a ice rod hunt tournament or anything like that. <laughs> I just thought as a one off, I think it's it, it could be cool. So I'll I'll talk to Sinek about that and see if we can uh, see if we can maybe get one generated uh, just for for funsies. But um, cool, okay. Um, and then I just quick update on how I've been playing. The answer is pretty bad. 
This is something awful torn to me. I'm I'm 0 and 3 right now. I had some really garbage performances, like really bad, um, which was demoralizing. But also, you know, I had another one last Wednesday, which I've actually got as a VOD linked in the description, um, which we'll talk about a little bit later. It was of the biweekly seed. Um, I did a, a vodcast of that. And uh, I thought I played really well in that, even though it was a, uh, you know, slower time. It was I just kind of got unlucky with my checks, but I felt good about my execution. I actually felt good about my routing. Um, so, yeah, it's good. It feels good to have a nice sort of redemption seed like that when you've been on a uh, an icy streak like I was. So um, it's it, it can definitely be demoralizing, though, to to take a lot of L's and get a lot of, you know, more than two hour long seeds in a row and can kind of feel like maybe you're going the wrong direction. But sometimes you just you just get unlucky or you just have a streak of, you know, a lack of focus or, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that can happen. But I think I'm doing better now. I think I'm doing better. So. um, All right. Well, I think that pretty much covers everything community wise. Anything else uh, that we need to talk about before we get into this interview or maybe anything you guys want to say to set the interview up? Mm, I'm trying to think if we missed anything or if there's anything specific. Not, not really. Yeah, I think we're good. Let's Next. do it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, technically, this is an interview, and you you know what that means, fellas. We just gotta uh, lift up this rock and uh, head over to interview world. Let's jump in. Welcome, guys, to our main feature of today's episode uh, that we were talking about just before. Uh, first and foremost, I want to introduce our guest today, uh, my very good friend, Ak the Boker. How are you doing, Ak? Man, I'm doing fantastic. It's a great morning. <laughs> Hello, Ak. <laughs> Yay. Uh, so we've brought you on for the topic of this episode, cheating in rando, uh, because, well, we thought you're uniquely qualified, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your, yourself to introduce uh, yourself to our listeners? <laughs> oh, Monkey S here. Um, man, I started playing uh, rando probably uh, in early 2017. I saw the, uh, the first tournament. Actually, a coworker had brought it up to me and, I don't know, basically changed my life because I've been playing nonstop for uh, two years now. Um, Mm -hmm. man, (laughs) I don't know if anybody could be considered qualified, you know, or more qualified to talk about cheating or anything like that. Um, Ooh, man, really how it all started too was you, you couldn't really ever talk about it either. It was kind of, you know, a taboo thing to talk about. And, uh, I know I had made a little bit of an image of myself just from being inherent in the topic, but most of my specialties really just come from off-sourcing the data with just my group of people. But we basically started a group uh, way back in 2017 just so we could talk about, you know, stuff we were seeing and suspicions and to kind of run ideas off of each other. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that's pretty much how that all got started. That's that's cool. So you, from from the earliest days of Rando, you have been concerned with this sort of policing and making sure that, you know, when we're having competitions, things are on the up and up. Um, something like that. And I mean, uh, it's so tough to say, but times were way different back then. I mean, at that mm-hmm. point, there was no tournaments going on. So it was just the races. And you had like the same people always finishing at the top. And I mean, they had really good NMG times at the point. So you just kind of chalk that up to execution. But when you really started to look 
at them very closely. Uh, a lot of things really didn't make sense. And then when the uh, the next batch of tournaments came around, it really started to carry over. And then, you know, at that point, even other people started to notice. Mm-hmm. So I want to take a quick moment to say that uh, Act the Broker is no slouch when it comes to Rando. Um, very active, as he said, um, you know, playing regularly. And you can see that on uh, Speedruns Live, consistently sort of ranked in that top 50, perc- uh, t- uh, top 50, not, not, not percent, but top 50 of the places. Um, and also a member of the somewhat newly formed Racing Council. Um, so how has your experience been so far in the Racing Council? I know there's certain things you maybe can or can't say, but how has it been being a part of this new, this new council? Oh, it's been great, actually. And I mean, uh, the council itself has done great work. I, oh, man, it's it's so tough. You got to think like, you know, hey, I think this person cheated. You send a VOD and you're telling, you know, an admin, hey, do you mind watching this two hour VOD to see if you see anything suspicious? And when you have, you know, a bunch of people sending those in, you can get really uh, back mm. down a lot. But it was nice being on the racing council. It was all active racers, too. And a lot of the issues that, you know, had been brought up and settled with us. It, we were already familiar with them, you know, prior, uh, just because we're active in the community and paying attention. Um, man, it was a really great idea for the admins to do that. I think it's going really well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we are uh, very excited to have you and excited to get into this. Um, so I guess let's let's just go ahead and, and dive in. And, and I wanted to start with a question um, that's maybe a little more general uh, than, than some of the specific things we're going to get into. But as it, when it, you know, as it pertains to Rando, why do people cheat? Like, what, what is the appeal? Who, like, you know, from a devil's advocate standpoint, who cares? Because we're playing a classic video game on the internet with, you know, uh, some could say strangers a lot of the time. Uh, and a lot of times there's no money on the line. So, like, why do, why do people even bother to cheat? Let's, let's talk about that a little you, bit. You got to get those bragging rights, Tim. You got to be able to brag to all your friends that you are the best rando player out there. I, I go the other way and brag to my friends on the internet that I am the worst rando player out there. So, uh, so I'm in good shape. <laughs> so it's a, a pride. You think it's like a. It's I, a that's what I think. Yeah, I, I think for a lot of people, it's just they want to win no matter what. I personally don't know how you can, you know, feel good about a win when you know you cheated. But I guess people just don't care enough. They just want to be admired by the people for always doing well. Yeah. What do you think, Ak? No, I, those are both definitely reasons I've thought about. I've really stewed my head over this question many times. Because, yeah, again, like what you said, like, why would you do it? Um Man, you know, to me, Twitch prestige, uh, I guess I'll use that (laughs) word, but that always came to mind. And you say there's no money on the line, but, uh, you know, if you're always doing well, winning tournaments, um, you get viewers and you can get subscribers, you can get donations, you become more popular. So at that point, it could technically pay to cheat, but, you know, that's a very weird model because as soon as you get caught, uh, (laughs) I have a feeling your monetary (laughs) value goes down. It yeah. all comes crumbling down at that point, yeah. I mean, and well, there, there is one point now that we're starting to have tournaments with actual, you know, prizes on the line. Um, you know, maybe there are some monetary incentives sneaking in where people are like, well, you know, I can get, uh, you know, what is, what's the prize at the uh, the tournament in a, a couple of weeks? It's like a couple thousand bucks, right? Yeah. I think it's yeah, actually... 3K for the winner, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, you I know... I mean, when there, yeah, when there is money on the line, it's like okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I, obviously it, that you know that's a little easier to understand. Um, 
But even, but, yeah, you know, just yeah. to kind of underline what Axe said a little bit, even, you know, not to throw anyone or any anything under the bus, but uh, if you look at crowd control races, if you, you know, consistently do well in rando and get more popular and you do crowd control races, you can potentially earn a lot more money than you can if, you know, I start running a crowd control race. People will probably still try to kill me, but not to the extent <laughs> that they will try to kill <laughs> Andy or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I think that's, yeah, I just it's in, it's interesting. Any other thoughts on on this topic? Oh, uh, another one too. This is kind of one I've leaned more towards, and this is something that you see people cheating in, like you know, non-randomized games, uh, but you know, games that do have an RNG factor, is that mm-hmm. they know that they are capable of you know putting a good run together, but you also need that you know that RNG factor to work out in your favor, and that's when they start splicing runs because they're like, I mean. I know I'm good enough to do it, but, you know, it's just luck's not been on my side and it doesn't seem fair. And so, you know, they can use that as an excuse to try and turn the tables, being like, well, I know I'm better than this runner, and they're just going to gamble and try and beat me, you know, and I don't really want them to do that. I mean, those always seem like valid arguments to me, too. Yeah. Well, and there was that big controversy kind of in the, the larger speedrunning community over the summer where, and I'm like totally blanking on what game it was, but... Somebody put together a, a pretty detailed video showing that this guy is obviously splicing together his runs because the randomized values don't line up. And then uh, the guy who was accused of cheating like basically sent his fans to harass him, and it was like very high drama. Uh, I think I think the game was uh, the Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I played that one before. Actually, oh, yeah, <laughs> sounds familiar. Are you yeah, referring I, to what what happened with I guess uh, downtime death and all of that with the uh, the fire bat RNG patterns? I, I'm familiar. Oh, with I'm not that even too, referring yeah. to that. Uh, oh, I was okay. Referring to it was like a a cart like a. Cart I think game. you're thinking of like the Mexican or Spanish guy that was playing the Yu Gi Oh game where he got yeah, cards and were impossible oh, yeah. and stuff I did like hear that. About that. That's what I was, yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah, the Yu Gi Oh guy. But okay. yeah, that was that. I mean. The fact that there are two different similar controversies in the overall speed gaming, you know, community uh, with very similar patterns is, uh, I think, an indication that this is stuff that happens and uh, something that, uh, you know, probably needs to be a little more out there in the open and discussed rather than hush-hush and, you know, whispers in discords. I think really the the underlying problem is that in the beginning of Rando, everything was kind of based on the honor system. You know, you were playing with a a small community and everyone was trying to be competitive and to have fun and stuff. And then it grew exponentially and people just kind of didn't want to realize that cheating might be a thing and is actually kind of easy in Rando if nobody pays attention. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so here's here's why cheating really pisses me off. Honestly, is because rando is it's a game that it takes a lot of intelligence to play. You know, we we all joke around about how we're bad and stuff, but to even just be able to finish a rando seed in like three or four hours is an accomplishment. It takes a lot to, of of knowledge to be able to do that. And it becomes very clear, and, and it's the whole reason like podcasts like this exist, that learning more about the game and practicing the game is how you get your time down and how you get better. So anything outside of that, honestly, is just trying to take a shortcut and trying to say, well, I know that if I were to grind this and practice it more, I, I, would, I would get a faster time on it, but I don't want to do that. 
you know, or like, you know, if, if I were to study the logic and, and the, you know, the item fills and, uh, you know, things like that a little bit more and come up with a more consistent strategy for how I want to approach the world, um, that would make my time go down a lot more. But I don't want to do that. You know, it, it's and, and that is what really makes me mad is it, it, it's people trying to cheat the system, essentially, and, and go outside of what we've sort of all agreed on um, in order for, you know, pride or sometimes money or fame or whatever, whatever the case may be. So I. I think we've all touched on a lot of, uh, you know, really, really key facts of why this is so important. And we've also already talked a little bit about this, but, um, you know, the, the consequences of, of cheating at rando, you know, who, who cares if, if somebody cheats? Um, you know, what, what kind of implications could that have? Any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, if, mm -hmm. if cheating kind of really, you know, let's imagine an alternate universe and where, Everyone is like, well, you know, the, who cares? This is all fine. Rando wouldn't really be about Rando anymore. It would be about, okay, well, how good are you at cheating? How good are you at, um, you know, doing all kinds of crazy stuff like screen watching or having other people play it while you play it? And instead of the game being based on your skill and your in, in execution and your routing decisions, it would be, okay, how many people can you get simultaneously playing the seed with you and feeding you info, and how good are you at spying on your opponent and using their plays to your advantage? Like it, it's just it, it. It no longer is about your overall talent as a player. It's about something else. And it shows a blatant disrespect to everyone else in the community because it, it also implies that you you're confident you're not going to get caught, and that you've come up with a, a surefire way to give yourself an advantage that can't be identified by others. But we're about to prove there's there's lots of ways to catch a cheater. Um, and, and that involves knowing some of the ways that cheaters try to cheat. So let's get into that. Um, Herf, do you maybe want to take us through uh, how mm -hmm. people cheat at Rando? We can talk about these a little bit. Sure. I mean, we probably don't have a fully like 100% foolproof list of every way that people can cheat at Rando. And I'm kind of happy about that because I'm not sure I want to provide <laughs> a platform that's like, here is how you cheat at Rando. Yeah. You know, but as you said, it's kind of important to know how people can potentially cheat. So you can either identify it or at least, you know, know what you're up against, so to speak. So uh, let's start out with the very obvious stuff. Uh, there's obvious stuff that you can do pretty much only on emulator, I would say. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's not yeah. much in the ways of any of this on, uh, on a console. Uh, maybe you can save state on like an EverDrive or a ST2 SNES. I don't, I'm not sure about that. Or like a, um, can't you do that on like a SNES Classic? Yeah, probably. Yeah. It would be true. super obvious, though. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. I mean, we were saying yeah. it would be obvious, but, uh, well, you could right. save state or fast forward or rebind your gameplay. You know, if you die to a boss because you made a wrong move, you could just rewind and, uh, you know, give it another try instead of having to go through the whole dungeon again. Uh, you can turn off some layers on emulators to, you know, make dark rooms not dark anymore, which is also obviously very you know, very easy to see for anyone who's watching your stream. And thankfully, you do need to stream for any kind of official race. And uh, you can also use, you know, strats that are officially banned by the, as we were talking about earlier, newly, uh, newly formed racing council, and also, you know, just banned stuff in general. There's a couple of things that were just, you know, banned even before the racing council was a thing. 
Yeah. So all of those you can see, and that's mm-hmm. why we've kind of labeled them as the obvious, but still important to notate that those, you know, if you use a, ba- a band strat or you manipulate the save file in some way uh, to your benefit, obviously that's, that's cheating. Yeah. And those are all of the ones that I strongly recommend that you do if you are a cheater <laughs> because it makes my job so much easier, you know. It's <laughs> we don't have to ask any questions or deliberate about that one. So <laughs> go yeah, ahead. We do we do have a recent example of that in the community without naming any names, but we did have someone who, you know, kind of for I don't even know for how long, but apparently for quite some time they would, you know, join the race, cut their stream early. Uh, or sometimes not even cut their stream, but just you know blatantly safe state or do something on uh, on the on the stream, and then just randomly done done in the race room at at, a, at an amount of time that they guessed they would have finished the rest of the seed, <laughs> and uh, that was you know I think I feel like as I said not naming any names, but it was only found out because it was done in a race against Ack. Oh man, that was such. A funny coincidence. I mean, he had been doing it uh, for, it looked like a few months. And uh-huh. the only reason I noticed is because uh, I got my butt kicked that race. I went back and I just looked at everyone who finished after me just to see what route that they did. And then I'm looking at a guy who said he got done, you know, but his timer says he's in Swamp Palace, but he finishes seven minutes later, and he's not even anywhere in go mode. And he's got, you know, two other crystals to get. He's got to do GT, climb Ganon, and he's not that great at the game either. I'm like, uh, this doesn't seem right. And I went and looked, and, you know, it turns out it was just like, I'll just finish whenever, I, you know, I think I was going to finish. And because he consistently always finished either at the bottom or the middle of the pack, like, it's very hard to notice any... You're, he didn't display any flags that you know he was doing anything wrong like usually a lot of really really good results or you know that's when you're going to kind of be like what's this person doing if not just watch them to learn from them see if you can learn anything from their routing but uh <laughs> maybe you learn that maybe they're you know using some special tricks to their routing <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and I only really brought this up, sorry to cut in here, Tim, but I really only brought this up not to, you know, put Ack on the spot or anything, but to me personally, from as far or as long as I've been part of the random community and have been part of some of the cheating things in the past. Wait, what do you uh, mean by that? Uh, not part of cheating, but part <laughs> of, you know, the cheating scandals, if you want to call it that. The investigation. I've, we all yeah, know about I've, you, Herfie. You don't have yeah, to. Yeah, it's true. I'm the master cheater. Look, I, I've <laughs> seen your detective hat, and it uh, has, the, you know, the a thing is, glass. <laughs> this one, to me, is the most puzzling of all, just because it was done for no, seemingly no reason. Like, if you always, you know, if you cut your stream early and then dot done whenever you think you might have finished and you're consistently in the middle of the pack or at the end of it, why are you even cheating in the first place? That to me exposes like such a frail ego. Mm -hmm. Like they, they cannot bear to have a time next to their name that has a a certain, you know, that's above a certain number and and they will do anything in their power to make sure that they don't look that way. That's what I think. Yeah. That sounds about right to me, but it, it seems crazy because that like that who cares i mean you know not to be blunt but if you're finishing at the you know bottom or, or near the bottom in daily races you know the only people who probably are going to take notice of you are 
the people that you interact with in the community. And if you interact with people in the community and they're, and you're like, oh man, like, you know, I, I keep on finishing like, you know, in the last four or five places, people be like, well, okay, try this, 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 and this, and then you'll get better or just do more races instead of yeah. this like weird ego protection scheme where again, like no, nobody cares who finishes at the end of races. I mean, that's a little mean, but. I mean, no, Axe, you, you are very progressive and open-minded in that regard, and I, I think we all are. But I, there are – I think you're discounting a lot of people who are, are just really petty, honestly. And <laughs> I, I don't even mean that as an insult. I just mean, like, I'll – you know, to, to a lesser extent, like, I'll even use my, myself as an example. You know, sometimes when I play, you know, I, I'm on this podcast, and people listen to me for tips and tricks on this game. And sometimes I put up absolutely embarrassing times, and – it sucks. I don't like knowing that, uh, yeah, like, oh, I turned in at a 2.30 on this one and I was the last one to finish in a daily. Like, that sucks, you know? It's just that my reaction to that isn't to try to cheat. It's to try to get better. Mm-hmm. But I can see how someone else might be so terrified of that happening that they start to try to play outside the system to make sure that doesn't happen anymore. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to make sure that we're not too dismissive yeah, of this, I, you know? I, I wonder if it's an age thing, too. I mean, you know, the me, me and my co-hosts, we're all in our, you know, late 20s, early 30s. We've uh, we've been around the block a bit, and we aren't really, you know, we, we've got our own lives and, and our own stuff outside of playing Randomizer. But imagine if you're, like, a 14 or 15-year-old kid, like, you know, maybe maybe that is more of a compelling argument because you know they're not they're just not mature enough yet to realize that like dude you know nobody nobody is gonna hate you for having a bad time it happens no no not hate again i I, I don't want to be dismissive it's not hate it's just like oh well they're they're not someone i need to worry about or like um they don't really know what they're talking about you know like Mm. that's i think that's the thing the kind of thing that people want to try to avoid they don't want to seem stupid they don't want to seem dumb, so so they're trying to get their time higher or, yeah. or faster, you know. And some people do it the right way, and some people. I mean, don't. It, yeah, it does speak to a level of insecurity because I mean, I know I've given advice that's wrong and been, you know, people have said like, uh, X, actually, it's X Y Z, and I'll go, oh, all right, whoops, that that my bad, but I could see if I was more insecure about stuff, being like, no, 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 like I I definitely was right, and I'm gonna cheat to prove that my bad advice was correct yeah insecurity i think is is a really Mm -hmm. really good way to put it all right with that let's let's go ahead and and continue to move on we're going to get into a little bit more of the nitty-gritty of this um specifically the harder to detect ways that people can cheat um so let's get into this starting with screen watching i I think that's pretty obvious sort of what that entails but uh, ak maybe you can talk to us a little bit about um, I don't know, uh, ways to kind of spot this, um, what, what it can give to a, a runner, you know, if they do some screen watching. Walk us through, like, what, what this entails. Um, man, that's, it's, it's one of the toughest ones to detect. You can't prove it, you know, at all. And, again, way back in 2017, that was basically the, the policy when regards to handle cheating. I mean, unless you had, like, clear-cut proof, like, literally visibly standing behind them, watching them stare at someone's screen... It was pretty much determined that you could never prove it. 
Um, so <laughs> it, it did get to, a, you know, there was some situations where it got a little ridiculous and everyone was like, I mean, come on. I know we can't prove it, but, you know, <laughs> we know what's going on here. <laughs> uh, how, can you tell us, like, how? How you know? Uh, it, it's really just plays. And like I said, when you have been playing so much, you know, you have 500, 800, uh, you know, we even got some people up in the, the thousands of games uh, you can see, you know, patterns and in, in plays that they make and things that they don't do. Um, uh, off the top of my head, I can think of someone. He would never go and look at the race game item ever unless there was progression on it. I mean, and I'm talking, I, I did a, you know, a sample source of 30 races in a row. If there was a progression <laughs> item on there, he immediately went for it. If not, he just never went there. And mm -hmm. at that point, I mean, that's just one item. Uh, that saves you a minute, a run. I mean, if you knew that there was something on, say, Zora every time, uh, that's three minutes right there, and that, that time will really add up, and you'll just start seeing consistent finishes from them every single time. Um, a way to fix this, uh, I, I don't know if this is true or not, uh, you can use stream delay in a tournament race, and I actually used stream delay back in 2017 before anyone had even... I guess, I mean, I know they considered the idea, but it was never a protocol or never a policy. I just told one of the admins, like, hey, I mean, this guy's been in my chat while I was racing, while he was racing against me. Uh, I'm just going to use stream delay against him, so don't bother restreaming me. And they said, go for it. So I did oh, that wow. way back when. And then uh, eventually when that round moved to uh, the bracket stage, that's when they uh, switched over and they made everyone use, I think, a 20-minute delay or 15-minute delay. Yeah, I think wow. the first time they introduced it, it was like 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, so the idea with the delay, you know, be, is that if you have some time between when you play and then when the general public is able to see what you've done, uh, it, it takes away the ability of the person you're racing to be able to watch your screen, you know, watch what you're doing and react based on that. Um, and it's not perfect because sometimes even with a 15 or even a 20 minute delay, your opponent could still find something that you haven't checked yet and, and tell you that you need to, um, you know, go get that. But uh, and to Axe's point, I absolutely love that story about a race game because I think it's a perfect way um, to illustrate, you know, the kind of lengths that you have to go through to catch people in the act and, and how unobvious it can be at first, but then, you know, how a bigger picture kind of gets put together with, with more plays. Um, this might be a good time to talk a little bit about uh, a video that, that you put together, stream actually, you put together for your stream, <laughs> um, where you were kind of doing an analysis of this. Can you tell us a little bit about, about this uh, video that I've linked up here? Yeah, I can. Uh, man, uh, that's a it's an interesting one and like a, that the video itself was not a a premeditated I guess video of me trying to just break down all of the points um I had I was at work when that race happened and I was told all of the the fun stories about it and I'm just reading you know what everyone's telling me they're like this happened and this happened and none of this made any sense and I'm just scratching my head like I don't no there, there's no way a race was that bad like I, I don't buy it. And then uh, I was, you know, doing a stream late at night, and then uh, I was about to finish, and someone said, hey, you should watch that uh, VOD real quick. And I said, you know what? Screw it. I'll watch it. And uh, my reactions to that VOD while I was watching it were <laughs> legit like, oh, it actually is that bad because I hadn't seen it yet. And um, I really just tried to, to go over some stuff and just 
explain why this doesn't make any sense at all. Like, why, why would you do all of this? You know, you're basically ignoring everything around you. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get an item here and this item opens up all this stuff to you. And it seemed like you were gunning specifically for this item. But then once you get it, you just go do something else because your opponent already did it. Like everything matched up on that one. Uh, it was probably kind of like one of the easiest cases of stream sniping I, I think I've ever seen. <laughs> so, and we'll we'll definitely link that up. Uh, it still exists as a, uh, a a Twitch video on Axe page, so um, we will link that up. It's it's really funny and also in in the same way that that story about race game was was satisfying, very satisfying to see just how obvious it is when one player gets an item. You know, this dude you know, starts running another way, and it's like, okay, yeah, it's pretty obvious what's going on here. Um, and, and that gets that really is we're starting to hone in on, you know, how you catch these cheaters and, and what sort of stuff you have to do um, in order to be able to identify that. But um, let's save that. Uh, let's let's now uh, get back into how people cheat at rando and maybe just kind of briefly talk about each of these um, ones that, frankly, I don't understand very much about uh, this data mining, the idea that you can look into the code of the uh, game that you've downloaded and sort of identify things about where items are. Is there anyone on this podcast right now that can that can talk a little bit to this? Uh, I mean, yeah, I can go over some stuff with that. Yeah, okay, uh, great. Uh, and the good thing, too, is I think everything I can tell you is probably okay to tell you because uh, when it comes to the technical stuff, I'm really stupid. So, And I would prefer <laughs> to be that way. Um, I don't want, I, I would like to know, you know, if certain methods exist and things, you know, what can and can't be done, but, um, I don't ever want to know how to do it. Please keep that power away from me. You know, plausible deniability. <laughs> I don't touch it, but I mean, you know, every ROM is encrypted. There is an encryption key, but, um, I mean, these games, they're only, you know, they're the size of a super Nintendo cartridge. Like how much, you know, stuff can you put on one of those to, really deter people from actually being able to leak inside it and get all the values it's really not that much it's a very basic encryption yeah. um, i know some people have figured out a means to uh navigate that not necessarily saying they're using it maliciously um but that is definitely something that exists and i think one of the first people that was actually ever banned for cheating um, that's exactly the method that he was using but um this was also again back in early 2017 the encryption was I think at this point, non-existent. So as long as you just knew how to use Hex Editor, you could literally just throw a ROM in there and then it told you where every single item was. So it was pretty simple. Huh. Yeah. I mean, there's just not that much memory space in an SNES cartridge. So the areas that you would need to search to figure out the air, you know, where the item locations are, it's just, you, you could theoretically, I guess, brute force it. Yeah. Now, Act touched on something that I do think is worth mentioning, um, which is the fact that in order to catch a cheater, you have to think like a cheater, right? Like, it, and, you know, this is something that's really common in um, IT, uh, you know, in like uh, cybersecurity, right? Like they will try to hack into systems in order to test their own system or they'll hire someone else to try to hack their system to test how good it is at holding up against you know, somebody else trying everything they can think of to get in. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to say, oh, well, you know, you could cheat by doing this. Uh, it doesn't necessarily make you a cheater as long as you don't do it. But I do think it's important to kind of get inside the head of somebody who's trying to, uh, you know, cheat. And, and it, it makes it a little easier to identify how they might be doing it. So 
um, it's something you got to do. You got to you got to you got to get into the head of a cheater sometimes. No, you're uh, absolutely right about that. That was that, that's always been the most curious thing about me was the why and the how, and you, did, did, oh man. Just trying to figure out, like, how could they do this? You know, why would they be doing it? I know I had, uh, I've talked with a lot of the people from the other communities. They had uh, a little bit more of a progressive stance on handling cheaters um, and how, you know, they handled their situations. And, you know, they, they had banned a couple people about it. And I, I know I straight up asked one guy. I was like, hey, have these people ever, like, when you accused them, you gave them proof and you called them out. Like, did anyone ever admit to it? Did anyone just be like, you know... I, the pressure of always having to feel good, you know, got to me. Like, I'm sorry. I, I, it won't happen again. I'd like, you know, a second chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, my opinion is if anyone ever said something like that, you know, I'd be like, man, you know, we'll, we'll give you a temporary ban, but we'll bring you back because I, I would, you know, if, if, if someone finally admits to it, you know, they, they realize their flaws and they don't think that they're above the game. I do feel like they'll probably, you know, not do it again. But uh, they had told me that no one had ever, you know, admitted to it. They were just like, no, no, you guys are just crazy. And I mean, even, you know, the one person that was, uh, you know, literally just pressing nine on his keyboard to make the dark layers appear. Like, I mean, at first they even flat out denied it, too. Um, (laughs) It's uh, It's a a really interesting mentality. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Yeah. I can see how that that's few and far in between the people who are actually ready to admit to it and fess up and apologize. Probably doesn't happen that often, unfortunately. I, I will say we did have one. This was probably like the most wholesome story I had. But I mean, they had straight up just said like, hey, you know, um, I know I don't even do that well at the game. And, you know, sometimes uh, my significant other, you know, gets really excited and, you know, they tell me where stuff is and you know, I, I tell them to stop, but, you know, at the same time, they're sitting right next to me. But they said, you know, I, I I do realize now that this is totally against the rules and it'll never happen again. And it gave us a very wholesome apology. And I mean, at that point, like that, that was really all we needed to hear. And, uh, you know, nothing happened to him. It was, you know, hey, you learned your lesson. So no harm, no foul. Just don't do it again moving forward. So it's not like we're, you know, insensitive about it at all. Yeah, that's, and that's a perfect transition into the next uh, way that people cheat, which is having an accomplice. Uh, oh, yeah. if, if you have someone <laughs> else to help you out, if there's someone else on your team, an, an inside man or inside woman, uh, it, it makes it a little harder to detect. So you've described one way, essentially, where somebody could be playing the seed at the same time as you and shout out, oh, hey, you know, the hammers at Sahasrila, you know, like stuff that you need to know. Um what are some other ways that you could have another person helping you cheat? I mean, yeah, the, the accomplice is kind of, that's one of the hardest ones to actually like look at and to, to really understand what's going on because it seems like you're watching them and it's like, man, I just feel like this person's getting information from another source, but it doesn't seem like they know where everything is. Mm. And it doesn't seem like they're just screen watching the opponent and, you know, at that point, if you just had someone play it side by side, you know, hey, I'll go to uh, Eastern Palace, you go to Kakariko, you know, we can see what's up. They can make it to Ganon's Tower a little quicker than you, or they can, you know, if they know overworld glitches, I mean, you can basically get everywhere in the world and they can go and tell you where the big key is. Um, man, there's a lot of interesting things you can do, and it's definitely the most difficult one to detect. I didn't think about glitch into Ganon's Tower. I didn't either, but that <laughs> really does open up the whole seat if you glitch into stuff oh man one of the ori- then you have to you find someone that's that good at the game and willing to help you cheat you know 
one of the uh, the original ones way back when when the uh, the credits gave you a lot of uh, really interesting data of where items were i mean they still kind of do i feel like they told mm-hmm. you more back then i can't really remember um you know this game can be beaten in you know like a minute and a half if you go glitch to the uh the triforce room so while they're just sitting in an sro room waiting for the race to start just go glitch into the triforce room and get the credits and it'll tell you where all the items are it tells you what's on zora sick kid <laughs> Uh, and not trying to give anyone any ideas out there, please don't do it. Um, but so I know it it is possible to to use like SRM readers that can tell you data about a seed after you've played it. Is is that a way to catch and or prevent people from cheating, or is it not? Does it not really work like that? Can you uh, touch up on that? I, I so I so for instance, so like we are putting together a bot in our Discord uh, that will you know you can p- uh, submit your time uh, for the biweekly seed that we're sending out, uh, and somebody in there mentioned that it is possible to instead of submitting your own time, you can just feed it the uh, file of the game that you played once you finish, and it will mine through and get your completion data, and you know tell how many times you bonked, how many saving quits you had, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, so that you don't have to type all that in; it just knows it. Yeah, there's um, a website that'll do that right now with your uh, your save data, which I use um, sometimes just to get the info if I didn't record it all. We should we should look into that more. But um, so with could that possibly be used? Like, oh, you fired this game up four times, like, but you we generated the seed five minutes before the race. Like, how do how were we able to do that? You know, is that has that ever been used, or could it be? Man, I actually never knew something like that existed. And you guys are sitting there talking about it. Man, I had like the <laughs> biggest light bulb above my head thinking like, wow, you know what? That actually could be a very interesting tool to look at. Um, man, I'm going to have to look more into that. I, yeah. You caught me by surprise I, on that one. <laughs> go, go talk to VTORP and see if they can add in some uh, anti-cheating stats into the, uh, the save data. I don't think that's going to really work out because you're probably feeding it your save file, essentially, which you make in the game when you play on an emulator. You know, it makes like a little SRM or whatever file Mm -hmm. it's called that has your save data in it. And once you finish the game, it'll have your like ending credits information in it, like, you know, all the bonks and all that because you just finished it. And... If someone else is playing the same seed alongside you, they'll be playing on their own computer with their own emulator with their own save file, which they'll not upload to you. So you have no way of getting to that information. That's a good point. Yeah, that is. Hmm. But maybe there is something there that uh, a racing council could think about in terms of using to figure stuff out. Yeah, see, Herf is thinking like a cheater. (laughs) That's that's exactly what you have to do. I mean, you know... Gotta keep my reputation. No. There actually <laughs> yeah. is something that might be coming in the near future, and uh, if this actually you know does get established and streamlined, it will almost make uh, it, it will eliminate almost all of the possibilities that we know of so far. And that would uh, they're going to be making it where items are server side. Um, oh, you know, great! Yeah, that'll add some technicalities where you always have to be connected to the internet or not, but. Um, you know, you have to get an item from a server. Like, you're never going to have that data available to you. And, I mean, that'll take away co-op because you can see how many, you know, hits a chess got. You know, it's like, well, there's two people in this race, but three people open this chest. Like, oh, wait a minute, something's not right here. Um, you won't be able to, to read the data because it won't exist. It'll be on a server. Uh, there's This is just rumors or speculation that this is going to happen. I really don't know anything uh 
you know, in stone about that yet, but I, I really do look forward to the day because, uh, you know, it'll be the day I'll be unemployed. I probably won't have to deal <laughs> with too much of that stuff anymore. And that sounds great. I can just race more. Yeah, that, that would be, <laughs> you're, that's you're, like the holy grail of like anti-cheating measures you can put into the game. Yeah, you're like the cop that retires and becomes a PI and just like <laughs> rents out a storage unit just to like track these cases. Hey, that's fine with I, me. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> um, cool. Okay, so we've been talking a lot about how people cheat at rando. Um, I think we've just about touched on all of these. And honestly, in discussing these, we've also talked a lot about cheating prevention, you know, mm -hmm. how, how we've kind of countered to try to, uh, you know, get in, get in front of some of these things or react to them one or the other. Um, but on this topic of how people cheat and ways to prevent them, let's just kind of generalize that. Is there anything else that anyone wants to mention before we start to get into how to catch a cheater? One thought I've had, and this is probably completely unfeasible from the technical side, but it's sort of similar to what Ak was talking about with the server-side item generation. But you could make a specialized rando-only emulator that somehow, like, once you open the file put like a self-destruct code into the ROM or something like that to make it so that, uh, you know, nobody else could open it. You could also somehow password protect a seed with like a one-time key. And once you open it once, you can't ever open it again. Or you could get into some pretty crazy technical things, but I think just going to server-side items is way simpler than trying to figure out how to do all the rest of this stuff while still making the game actually playable. I was thinking like an actual like explosion, you know, if you do grab something in there, you're not supposed to like your, your Super Nintendo or computer like actually explodes. <laughs> that would be I, like, I you like, know, the yeah. something we could do while we wait for server side items. I, I would be for this. Yeah, I'm not yeah. against it. It's, that's the uh, Mission Impossible approach. Yeah. This item will self-destruct in five <laughs> seconds. Sweet. I love that. Um Cool. Okay. So let's say that someone is suspected of cheating and you don't have hard evidence, but you've done some review or I guess that that's what we want to get into. You've got, you've got some suspicions. Ak, what, what does somebody do next to try to put together, I guess, like make a case and, and present it? Man, you got, you, both of you, I don't know if you know, but you've both have already talked about, um, Basically, my number one go-to when I start to really look at someone and just be like, is, 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 is something right here? Is something wrong? And um, that it's their, their ability to want to, to better themselves at the game or, like, want to get better. I mean, you said it was lazy. Like, they, they don't want to get better. They want to cut corners. And, you know, yeah. they do that by cheating. And thus, by doing that, they also have, you know, a low drive to actually make their gameplay actually better and it's like they're always finishing you know so good always with top results but you know they they don't want to learn how to you know do the hammer jump and pod you know the ice palace big jump they don't some of them didn't even want to you know do dark rooms they would go out of the way to find their lamp didn't matter they still won um the the lack of desire to actually improve their gameplay and get better and just perform better that was always one of the first things i would be looking at when you know trying mm. to figure out if someone was cheating so lack of consistency and like execution just overall can be a good indicator of somebody who might cut corners. Well, I, I, you know, it, it's pretty simple. If you're just, I, I'm 
I'm not saying that you you know you have to be good at this game to win. Uh, I would say you have to be pretty good to win consistently. And when you're consistently bad but consistently winning, I mean, at that point, that should easily raise suspicion for anybody. You know, it's not necessarily mm. saying they are cheating, but I would look into them a little bit. <laughs> no, no, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, so, and I know, you know, this, this might touch on a little bit on kind of the inner workings of the racing council, but let's say, you know, you have identified one of those as well. Um, I, I know for instance, there have been people who have presented evidence in the form of like, they'll put together a document with screenshots and some words. Is that kind of standard protocol to present like a, you know, a document like that? How, how does one, you know, go about um, I mean, you know, these. if somebody else was trying to, you know, present their case, obviously figuring out the easiest and, you know, most tangible way to, you know, give as much information possible and make it readable and legible. And then just, you know, you have to understand the flow of the race, too. That's a very weird thing to talk about. And you, know, you also get people that, you know, like, well, I, I'm really salty that I lost this race. I felt like I should have won. I think this person cheated. And, you know, we also have to determine, like, we can't exactly... We, we we don't want to be ever falsely accusing anybody. Um, it, it takes a lot of races to actually ever, you know, finally make decisions on something like that. It would never just be, you know, one race. Uh, I know some people, uh, the a very good way to do it is just to watch their race and play along with a, with a map tracker, you know, with the item locations available, just so you can see the decisions that were available to them and then what decision that they chose. And then you can kind of start to see like, wow, you know, all of these items open over here. But, you know, they went and just did something that they had orphaned, you know, 15 minutes ago, right right around when the stream delay caught up. That's very strange. Uh, you know, things like that. Yeah. I mean, another thing, uh, too, it sounds like if somebody is always making gambles and they always seem to be good gambles instead of blowing up in their face, that would seem to me to be something that would be suspicious. Absolutely. I mean, when, you know, they're just, oh, dang, they're never wrong. Uh, man, you can even metagame that, uh, you know, we're at the point where even some of these gambles uh, that don't pay off make them even more suspicious. But, uh, man, that's a weird way later down the road type of analysis there. I don't even know if I could touch up <laughs> on that one. It gets pretty weird uh, later on. And I, man, I should have opened with this, but man, full disclaimer, this community is awesome and great. It is not just completely riddled and full of cheaters. Uh, you mm. know, even though we've been talking about it the whole time, it is definitely yeah. far from few. Uh, man, and I, I'd say, you know, no more less than a handful at, at any given point. Uh, man, the whole entire last tournament was completely clean and awesome as far as I saw it. Uh, everything has gotten a lot better than, you know, what it was in early 2017. Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. That's true. The, if you if this was your first episode of Go Mode, you would be like, "Oh my god, this community needs to get cleaned <laughs> yeah, up." Yeah, yeah. This community's Batman, you know. But no, it's it's yeah. really fringe cases. It's few and far in between. I, things like this. I happen. mean, there's there's what like two or three hand like cases that are like really famous, and for a community that has as many people in it as as this one does, and has been sort of around for you know let, let's say about three years now. If cheating was more of a problem, you would expect way, way more examples. Yeah. So I'm going to jump ahead on our outline a little bit uh, in order to uh, use this nice, smooth transition here. So speaking of those two or three cases, let's get into some of these case studies and convicted cheaters. 
um, and just make sure, you know, it's happened, it's out there, it's part of the history of this community. We have to identify them, know about them to make sure that it never happens again. Um, so we've we've talked about the one that uh, that Ak outlined in his Twitch video that we'll put in the description. Um, what who who were the two in, involved in that, and and what was the surrounding you know what was the situation there? Um, the uh, the victim unfortunately was my dear friend Solsky. Bless his heart. Thank him if you ever see him. And then uh, the other person, uh, you know, I don't know if you have to censor this, but his username was I smoke meth daily 69. <laughs> I don't know if any red flags would just go off from the username alone. I'm not saying we discriminate that far, but when you start to put everything together, you know, the head scratches become real. Yeah, this, I remember seeing this one kind of in real time and it was just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I would also like to know, like, he was never actually, uh, you know, convicted or banned of cheating. That was more of just kind of a a community gathering of, well, yeah. We all kind of agree on it, but nothing um, actually really had come up with that. He just, uh, after the video was made, he left the tournament on his, uh, uh, due to uh, personal issues, so. Hmm. So, so that was one very easily, very easy to identify situation of, of cheating. We've got another one listed here, uh, Maligord, and this is not something I'm familiar with. Can, can you tell me the story of Maligord? <laughs> we already have. <laughs> who, who was that? Was that the? That was the the, uh, the uh, disabling the layers and such. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and and uh, I see uh, hippo underscore s is the one that the, yeah, I've got a note here about his wife playing along, and sounds like he he was very um, apologetic about that. Uh, no, that that was a different person. Um, different one. Yeah. Different, okay. Partner person. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, hippo. Uh, uh, tough to talk about that one again. You know, he was one of those runners that had. Uh, results that just didn't seem to to match his natural uh, progression of play, but uh, he really doesn't play that much anymore. So uh, to look at that one, you'd have to go back, uh, you know, late twenty seventeen. I can understand how it can be uncomfortable to go back and maybe talk about a few of these because we another thing that I think is important to remember is all of these people are human beings. And as I, as I kind of tried to outline, I don't think anyone cheats just because they're a thief that wants to steal money. I mean, maybe sometimes, but I think it's mostly there. There's a lot of like weird emotions and feelings kind of wrapped up in it too. So you hate to put somebody on blast even more than maybe they've already kind of done to themselves. But on the other hand, I think, you know, if, if we have successfully identified that they have cheated, it's it's like putting a sign up at the convenience store. It's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you did that. And there has to be some sort of consequences. And, you know, being allowed to play the game again is great, but there should maybe be an asterisk next to their name because they have been on record as proving themselves to be someone who's capable of, of cheating. You know, even if they are reformed, I think it's it's worth noting. What do you guys think about that? Do you think if, if, you, if you cheat that that should be something that could follow you around for the rest of your quote rando career unquote or do you think think everyone deserves a second chance personally i kind of want to i don't know kind of sidetrack from that a little bit it has to do with what you're saying but i think a big problem with the consequences of cheating is the punishment that you dole out because what you have to remember is that if you ban someone from rando you essentially are banning them from racing officially which would be on SRL. And if you ban someone from SRL, you're banning them from racing anything. Hmm. Not just rando. 
So, you know, that's a pretty harsh punishment to dole out to someone who has cheated at one game. I mean, you could say, you know, they're a cheater, screw them. But that's always a little bit of a problem. And that's also the thing, you know, does it follow you around? Doesn't it follow you around? If you do get punished like that, you're basically banned from racing anything. It, is it safe to say that there are levels? I don't think the ban stuff on SRL has levels. You're either banned or you're not banned. But do you think maybe we would save, you know, SRL should only ban those who have cheated the most egregiously in the worst ways under the most important circumstances versus someone who accidentally peeked at someone else's seed and then decided to take advantage of the info that they got or someone else's screen? Uh, I feel like that shouldn't be the deciding factor. I feel like the reaction should be the deciding factor, as Ak was talking about earlier. You know, mm. the, the other person who accidentally, more or less, got something spoiled from their wife, and they're like, oh, okay, I realize now that that was not good, and I'm very sorry, and I'm, I'm making sure that it's never going to happen again. Then, whatever, you know. Ak, is that kind of where you fall? What are your thoughts on this, you know, the legacy of a cheater? <laughs> um, I mean, again, I think if anyone ever just publicly apologize to the community you know uh temporary punishment um i think is the best solution there uh, you know herfie did make a good point and the srl is you know a lot more than just rando itself but srl 2 is a really interesting thing i mean i wouldn't want to say it's like as soon as you're banned from srl you can't do anything um you can still participate or you can still race and participate in these races you just can't participate in the srl irc but um you can always grab the seed you can always race along and do stuff like that so you know a ban on that really falls flat to me because that's basically just saying like you know well you can't get srl points that's that's not that big of a deal so <laughs> but SRL points are so important. <laughs> wait a minute i'm sorry <laughs> they're the greatest things ever i mean i agree about the srl points i just think you know yeah you can race along but it's not the same you're not going to see the times of the other people you won't be able to join the race room and know when people start and shit like that you know it's just going to be difficult well you shouldn't yeah. have cheated yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> I, I mean, one, my one thought on this, too, is, you know, people can change a lot over time. And, again, this, you know, Randa's been around for three years, and hopefully it'll stay around for the long haul. Because I think, as we've discussed a lot, this is a game that has infinite opportunities and a, uh, a really great community around it. But, you know, hypothetically, let's say somebody cheated back in, like, the fall of 2017, and now it's you know, 2026, and it's been nine years, and they finally are like, hey, I, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I, you know, I've grown up since then, you know, that's, that's something to consider, too, I think that, you know, folks can change, and I think this gets to what Ak is saying, is really the punishment's dependent on how the, you know, cheater in this case uh, handles it, if they're a mature adult about it, I think the response from the community is a bit different than if they lie, 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 and deny. I mean, it just depends on whether you feel like, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater. <laughs> like, you know, it, do you think people are capable of change or do you not? And that's mm. that's a, definitely a discussion that we do not have time to delve into nope. because it would take At, hours. Our next episode, episode 32, the philosophy and, and morals. Existentialism, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Human psychology. Uh, I yeah. hope you guys have fun with that one. <laughs> I want that whole one just to be Herfie by himself in his ASM voice. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Sweet. Um, all right. So we've talked a little bit about a few hypotheticals, and I sort of briefly touched on one a second ago. Let's say, like, you accidentally get some information. Um, as a member of the Racing Council Act, what would you suggest somebody do if, say, I don't know, let's let's say, like, they're playing their game and somehow, like, uh, a tab comes up or, like, something pops up and, and suddenly they're seeing their race and they see something on their opponent's screen? What do they do? Should they, should they stop and forfeit? Should they? You know, what does someone do there? Um, I mean, obviously, they have to make a, a judgment call themselves. Uh, the first and foremost, you have to be, you know, transparent about it. Be like, did I just get some outside information? Did this help me? Um, mm-hmm. th- you got to think about it on that stance. You know, I something just accidentally happened. It made you know the s- screen pop up. I didn't get any information out of it, so I just closed it. And I mean, if they just say, hey, like this happened, nothing, I didn't really see anything, I closed it immediately. You play that from a case by case situation. Uh, even in the game, you got to think about it. You know, overworld glitches are illegal, but there's that weird, you know, squash monster on your way to catfish. He can tag you and then knock you into the mountain. Well, technically, you know, you just did an overworld glitch. No, we're not going to DQ you because of that. Just, you know, get off the mountain and, you know, keep on your route. So. You can have, you know, accidental, you know, cheating happen via screen sniping or whatnot. You can also have it happen in the game. Um, I can also give an example to this, too. This happened to me um, back in the first entrance shuffle tournament against uh, Zarbi. Um, I had already lost the race, but I don't look at the IRC uh, while I race. It distracts me. You know, you just stare Same. at it the whole time while you're fighting mm-hmm. Ganon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was trying to finish my race, but I had forgotten to check the pyramid and the cane was on there and someone uh sent me a text i was watching my race and they were like hey just go get your cane from the pyramid and even though i had my opponent had already beat me you know they waited till at least my opponent beat me um i still uh forfeited the race because i mean that's still against the rules i still got information from someone else Mm. Mm. So that you uh, that was a forfeit for you. Yeah, I just forfeited yeah. immediately as soon as wow. I saw that because I mean the integrity of the race was over at that point. I had gotten uh, an actual spoiler to something I had forgotten, telling me you know exactly what I needed. It was you know the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. I you know I throw my phone out the window every time I do a race. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that's also like the I don't how do how do I put this the like very proper choice and the choice that you should do and I feel like it's happened a couple of times in the past with races where people got something spoiled in their chat just you know someone in the chat just comes in and it's like hey you need to go here <laughs> and you know you read your chat and then you're like well crap now I know yeah so you Did know you check the, bottle vendor <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. you know stuff like that happens all the time and yeah chat as is probably. Had, usually you have to make a judgment call but uh, plenty of people are like all right well i got spoiled that sucks but nothing else to do but to forfeit the race because that's you know those are the rules mm-hmm. it's yeah. like the it's the honorable decision and i i feel like people probably in the community will respect you more for doing that than being like well like you know i, I just want to play it out mm-hmm. now see ak in your in your situation i would have understood if you wanted to fight ganon again and not go get the cane I well think... i needed the cane to beat the seed so oh you needed the cane yeah to beat the... oh. i was bricked mm-hmm. and that's why i lost too because i left it there the whole entire time uh, yeah, i was gotcha. running around okay. doing all kinds of nonsense <laughs> okay yeah i thought it was if, blue cane i did no. too yeah i thought oh no it was uh, cane of samaria the only cane <laughs> the only one <laughs> um Cool. Okay, so a couple other hypothetical questions in the little bit of time that we have left here. Um, 
I don't know who put this on here, actually, to be honest, but uh, one of one of my co-hosts was wondering if maybe there's an argument for screen watch. Oh, that, that you was know, you me. Think that, about... was a, that was a hypothetical. <laughs> so I guess your, your reasoning, if I if I may, is like, you know, something like a fighting game. You can see your, what your opponent's doing the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is that kind of your or, reasoning? Or an NMG. Like, whenever people race NMG, it's, you know, you can see what your opponent's doing because you're playing the same game. You, you're both going to the same spots. And, uh, you know, the, a, a lot of other areas in speedrunning will, you know, have no problem with you being in somebody else's chat or whatever while you're playing. And, uh, you know, I am I am not saying, I, I don't actually agree with this, but I want to be devil's advocate in saying, like, look, you know, maybe you say, well, screen watching is all right because now you need to... Uh, metagame what your opponent is going to be seeing and maybe that adds an element of strategic thought to the game Uh, it's not even devil's advocate at all Uh, there is the binding of isaac and their racing community i mean that game essentially operates as a randomizer just how it rolls and uh, they actually allow screen watching to do it even though essentially it, it, it functions as a randomizer and that was just you know what the community decided on they figured that the, the the racing was more you know had more integrity if they allowed that concept to it um i, I feel like the big difference there is just kind of how short uh, those races can be versus ours but mm-hmm. you know we as a community have decided that you know this is the you know it's a solo experience um if you add in the screen watching you know aspect to it like basically it's not about your play anymore you're also you know incorporating their play too and i would guess that's probably why they you know don't use it here we are still trying to focus on the fact that you know your solo experience is the experience that we want yeah it seems so foreign to us because our our community just didn't happen to go that way but in our community i guess the way we evolved is we put a lot more uh into knowledge you know like the decision making and knowing where items are guessing where items are is such a huge part of the game that to take that away, you know, in, in large part by having people essentially share the knowledge wouldn't be as fun. Yeah, I think too, because in Binding of Isaac, it's it's really just, okay, where's the room that's going to drop, you know, with the boss that's going to drop me into the next level? Yeah. There's no real strategy to that. It's just like, well, it's got to be somewhere, but there's no real yeah. answer to where it is. Plus, you really got to take into account that in Rando, you're looking for items to be able to finish the game. And in Binding of Isaac, you're kind of just looking for items to make you more powerful i guess like you could theoretically finish the game without ever finding an item it would be very hard but you know you couldn't do that in rando without glitches so i i don't know i don't know anything about binding Isaac. to be honest i've never played it but um all right uh let's start let's let's wrap this up actually there's a couple more here maybe um let's let's all just kind of go around the room uh, and if you have any final thoughts, anything that maybe you wanted to say that you didn't get a chance to, or anything interesting about some of these hypotheticals you want to talk about, um, let's let's start with Axe. Um, so I want to, because I put this in the our little outline, but witch hunts, um, I think, are something we need to, as a community, not get into. You know, I'm really glad that the Racing Council exists, because no longer do we have to worry about people being their own kind of private detective and trying to prove that all of their randomizer enemies are cheaters the protocol now is you tell the racing council and they will investigate and until they have determined that 
you know, somebody has done something, you don't go around saying like, oh, you know, so-and-so, they cheated in all their races and, you know, they're, they're a dirty, dirty cheater. Because um, I think the witch hunt element, too, can be a, a bad backlash of this where people get smeared as a cheater and, in fact, the racing council has looked at it and been like, uh, either they definitely aren't doing it or it's vague enough that we can't make a call. And I think that um, it's really important for people to be cognizant of the fact that accusing somebody of cheating is a really big deal. Uh, and I know we, uh, when we were talking about the um, the live tournament, uh, you know, the, the the races for it, you know, we mentioned, hey, you know, uh, somebody has, uh, you know, played really well and, and gotten in and uh, good for them. And, uh, you know, I, I, I tried very hard not to say anything about like, oh, isn't it a little suspicious that, you know, this person's come out from nowhere or anything like that because I don't want to, uh, you know, start a witch hunt or do anything like that. Yeah. Uh, Herf, any final thoughts on uh, this um, whole cheating thing? There's, yeah, maybe two things I kind of want to talk about. The first is a little bit in contrast to what X just said, I guess. But I I think, like, in my experience in the past, like, maybe in the long past, like 2017 and on, I kind of want to appeal i guess to the people maybe to not be so dismissive of suspicions because in the past so delicious why (laughs) Why? we've got but no it's it's perfect we we have acts saying don't be suspicious of everyone and you have we have you (laughs) saying don't be so complacent i I love this like genuinely no I, I, i like it too i mean i think Oh, sorry, I'll let her talk and then I'll... Yeah, I'm yeah, just, yeah, yeah. what I mean is, you know, uh, oftentimes in the past, uh, there were very obvious things going on. Uh, and, you know, people were bringing them up and everyone else was like, oh, come on, yeah, sure, everyone cheats. You're lost and, you know, you're just salty. And even admins or higher-ups, if you, if you want to call them that, were not taking people seriously. And so nothing ever happened and it turned a lot of people off and made a lot of people very unhappy. And I feel that's equally as bad for a community as, you know, random witch hunts and just accusing mm-hmm. and suspecting everyone that is around and wins a race randomly. So yeah. that's, you know, that's really what I mean. No, and I, I actually agree with her. I think the proper thing to do is have a good balance. You, you don't want to have every race be witch hunts, but you also don't want a situation like Herf is saying where things are happening that look pretty suspicious and there's no action taken. Mm -hmm. And uh, as for my second thing, just to, you know, that's kind of balance out my first thing a little bit. Uh, Ak shortly touched on it when he was talking about it earlier, but I I just want to kind of put some emphasis on the fact that catching a cheater or, you know, actually feeling suspicious about someone in most cases isn't going to be about, you know, that one race that they won. Uh, You know, they won a race out of nowhere and you're like, okay, that guy had to have cheated. That's usually not how it works. You gotta, I think Ak mentioned earlier, he was going back through like 30 races for the race game example that he was talking about. Mm -hmm. You need to have like a big example size and, you know, Mm figure out their usual plays and where they deviate and why they deviate. It's like a whole massive puzzle. 
And yeah. it's probably pretty impossible to ever have like a hundred percent conclusive proof ever. Yeah, I, I mean to what Ak was talking about earlier with someone who always was skipping race game. Well, if someone literally always skips race game and they're in a tournament and it just so happens that by skipping race game every time they won, but they weren't cheating, they just always skip race game. I mean that's that's, that's what they completely do. Completely different. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and you can get that luck that happens, and that's why I, I do like the fact that uh, everybody seems to be on the same page of one race is not enough proof to prove that somebody's cheating unless it's particularly egregious. Yeah, that's a really good point because everyone wants to have that one race, right, where it's like I beelined towards progression every single time and i got a 114 you know like mm-hmm. we don't we don't want to deny people an opportunity to to have that seed happen but you know just just know that there might be some scrutiny and if that happens to you four or five times yeah people are going to start asking some questions and maybe taking a look at some of your seeds um because yeah. we we, uh, we want to make sure it's fair especially if it's like you know in one case you're like all right well i I'm just going to do left side swamp because, you know, I just have a good feeling about it. And then the next time you're like, well, I, I did dark pod despite there being better options. And the next time, well, you know, I did, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, went and did some pendant dungeons. It, there are ways that which you can get lucky a number of times, but when you're starting to do plays that are wildly incongruent, and they just always seem to be happening to work out, that I think is when people get suspicious. Yeah. So I want to give the final word to our guest, Ak. Uh, Ak, any final thoughts on just uh, this whole cheating uh, discussion that we've been having? Well, just to touch up on the last point you were talking about, I feel like it was more, Herfie and Ak, like those are both points, and yeah, you're both agreeing with each other. I think the, the difference there is just the semantics of like, uh, the difference between an accusation and a suspicion, you know, accusing people just of cheating all up in the discord like that. That's a no go. You definitely can't do that. Um, there's nothing wrong with being suspicious of I don't think anybody at, you know, any given point in time. And man, you can even, you know, ask the runner. You can always talk to the race council. I, I still wait for the day that someone sends me a DM and they're like, hey, I think you're a cheater. You know, I, to me, that's like the yeah. most glowing compliment I think I could ever get <laughs> uh, in this game. And I, I feel like almost everybody, if you ask the question, you know, politely and rationally, and you're just like, hey, why'd you do this over that? Like, no one's going to get upset about that. And, you know, you might actually learn something, too. So yeah. I, I don't think there's anything ever wrong about, you know, feeling suspicious about how someone's playing, wanting to look more into it. That doesn't make you... A bad person um or that doesn't make it a witch hunt either yeah, yeah I, i've looked into her feet oh, so sorry. many times i haven't <laughs> seen anything but yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely nothing wrong with that and yeah you can anybody is welcome to dm me or anybody in the race council about you know any of those concerns yeah yeah the the post-race interview too to what ak is saying that can help you kind of figure out why somebody did what they did you know if in a post-race interview they're like well why did you go straight to catfish and they go um i don't know that's yeah. pretty suspicious versus well you know i felt that it was a pretty open spot and i could go do zora and blah 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 there's a really good example of that if you watch the video of axe that we link up so good that's my favorite part yeah 
Well, uh, Ak, thank you so much for joining us. It's it's been an absolute treat having you here to uh, talk with us about on, on this topic. Um, we're going to uh, stick around and wrap up the show and answer a couple of listener questions. Would you like to join us for that? Yeah, I'll just hang out for a bit. You know, if All you guys right. aren't tired. Yeah. Of me, yeah. No, we like you. You're a cool guy. <laughs> cool. All right, let's do it. All right, so we have two fetch questions. Uh, the first one comes to us via our Discord from VirtuaCat, who uh, we've heard from a few times. I feel like we hadn't heard from in a little while. So, hello, VirtuaCat. They say, do you remember how fast your first rando seed was, and what were the biggest jumps in your improvement to where you are now? My first rando was 638, and turns out using a tracker is really handy. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's start with you, Herf. Tell us about your first seed. Um, man, I don't even remember my time, to be honest, but I do remember that it wasn't too bad. I think it was sub three hours, but barely, like two hours 55 or something like that. And I used cross products tracker, and I had watched a ton of the, like, first tournament that they had put on. So I felt like I pretty much knew what I had to do, but my execution was even worse than it is now, if that's even possible. <laughs> but it was around like the three hour mark and i started out pretty well equipped with like a tracker and a map tracker and all that stuff that's pretty good for first scene yeah it's really good that's for great first scene. yeah what about you ax so i actually pulled it up because i track all my time so my very first seed <laughs> was a v29 standard on april 21st 2018 <laughs> i got a three hour 41 minute 28 second in-game time 166 items 17 minutes of menu time, 15 minutes of lag time, and uh, 18 deaths. It was, um, I honestly don't remember very much about it other than being impressed that I actually finished because <laughs> I had not played Link to the Past in probably 15 years uh, before I played that seed. So I was really just like, you know, it's like the first time you do a marathon. Everybody says, don't worry about your time, just finish the race and if you finish the race you know and you you want to keep doing them then you can start worrying about that just finish first and then start getting competitive but my next race after that i dropped 40 minutes i think just because i knew where things were and then from there my first sub two hours was my eighth seed and my first sub 130 was my 31st seed and then since then, I've gotten, you know, rusty and uh, not as good. But, uh, you know, I've, I've got some good times in there. I'm usually, mm -hmm. like, at the 150-ish mark yeah. on average. So I was trying to find my first seat. I don't think I took a screenshot of the final screen or anything, but it was definitely V29. And uh, I do remember it was about 9 hours and 36 minutes or so, something Ooh. like that. Yeah, but I so my experience was I'd played the game as a kid, and then I was watching a lot of YouTube races, uh, and did not use a tracker. Tried to do everything by memory. Um, I played over the course of several sessions. At a certain point, I mean, I stopped trying to go fast. I was just like wandering around <laughs> the world. Like there was probably a good hour where I was just like trying to find one item. Sometimes, eventually, I I remember that uh, K forty five was what I'd forgotten to look for. Uh, and in there, I found a cape, and it brought me up to Bumper Cave, which I had forgotten to look for. And there was, like, a hook shot or something in there, and that was go mode for me. But, yeah, nice long seed. Did not use a tracker. Did Tried to do it all by memory. Eventually had to look in the spoiler log for Cave 45. But um, you've come a long way. And I think, obviously, you know, the biggest time save from that was using a tracker. 
um, getting a little more familiar with the game in general, finally learning dungeon layouts and, and item counts and thing, you know, overworld locations. Uh, just knowledge of the game was, was really what made the biggest difference for me. And a tracker. What about you, Ak? So you, you came into this early. When was, when was your first seat? <laughs> um, man, I know I had played uh, a couple of them just by myself. Man, I don't really remember the times on that, but I, uh, while you guys were talking about this, I just went and jumped on SRL. And I remember I was so excited to join an SRL room. I was just sitting there. I didn't know how to open one. I was just waiting for one to pop open, and I was just going to jump in there as quick as I could. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> one finally was made, and I just joined. I was ready to go. And it was an entrance shuffle seed. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, um, well, this wasn't what I signed up for. But I said, you know what? Whatever. We'll give it a go. And uh, I finished in last place uh, with it uh, looks like four hours and seven minutes. And uh, my comment was, I don't suggest the Titan mitts being in the last place you look. So even back then, I was complaining <laughs> about stuff on my first seed. <laughs> oh. but, uh, and then I guess I loved entrance shuffle ever since. But, yeah, that was a fun surprise for me. Wow. Nice. Entry shuffle is fun, but for your first seed, jeez. Yeah, geez, pretty yeah, rough. That's, that's rough. Yeah. Explains your weird obsession, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Our next fetch question comes to us from. I'm going to take a couple passes at this name because there's a few ways you could do it. Damodred, Damid Red, Damo Dread, D. Amadred? No, it's probably not that one. <laughs> okay, but uh, we'll go with Demadred from uh, filled in our website contact form, and they said, "Hey, I love your podcast, and I'm kind of new to the game. The dungeon episodes were especially useful. Good job. I usually don't have time to finish seeds in a single day, but my competitive side wants to compare myself to the community. My question is, where can I find seeds that tons of us newbies try out, where people post their times?" Well, Demadred, your question could not come at a better time <laughs> because uh, as of last episode, or I guess it was two episodes ago, about a month ago, we started releasing bi-weekly seeds along with the episodes. So if you join our Discord, and we'll have a link to do that in the description, you can uh, create a Discord account real quick. It's free. Join us in our Discord, which is a big chat room. And we've set up a system where we generate a seed um, and everyone in our community, or I should say a lot of people in our community, will download it and play it. And uh, once you do that, uh, and by the way, huge shout outs to Cassidy Moen and Synac for helping to develop this. Um, but we have a channel where you go in and post your time, and it will delete your time and put it onto a leaderboard, uh, shuffle it into you know what place you got, and then open you up to a hidden spoilers channel where you can discuss the seed with other people in the community who have played it. Um, so th- this idea of a weekly seed is not you know we're not the first people to think of it. You could also try Reddit. They do I think pretty regular seeds where you can um, play and compare your times to other people. Um, and another thing to mention is is you know you can download these seeds you know our seed and in our Discord or the one in Reddit. And play them, and you don't have to report your time if you don't want to. You can you can get a four and a half hour time. Maybe you know you don't want to publish that on the internet just quite yet. You can still play it and just compare your times to other people. Um, and then you know when you feel a little bit more comfortable about going on the record, then you start maybe entering into a race or you know uh, posting a screenshot of your of your final time and into our you know spoilers channel discussing how, how things went. Yeah. Um, so that is my answer to you. And thank you so much for that question because it perfectly ties into talking about our biweekly seeds and, and you know, how 
how, as I said, you know, Cassidy Moe and, uh, and countless others in our in our Discord have been working on setting the system up. And I think we got a pretty cool one, pretty slick one in place for people to be able to share experiences on these seeds that we generate. So um, really excited about that. Uh, I guess we can also talk a little bit about our bi-weekly seed for this week because, Axe, I understand oh. you did get a chance to play it. And you had some thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so background on this. So, so all week, Temp is like, "Hey, X, are you uh, you gonna do the biweekly? You can do the biweekly before we record. I, I really, I think it'd be good so we could talk about it. Do the biweekly. Do the biweekly. And uh, last night, I, uh, I actually, I had to take the day off work and go up with my fiance to Pennsylvania to get our marriage license. And we got back home, and um, you know, she ended up going to bed early. So I was like, well, I'll, uh, I'll finally get some time to do this. And my god um so background on this it was a uh was that your first v31 it was my first v31 and boy uh do i feel like a dumbass um (laughs) because i had i had read through the patch notes and i like i don't know why i didn't remember this but i didn't realize that the logic for some of the dark rooms had changed and the whole seed, so again, for those who didn't play it, it was a uh, a fast Ganon with the uh, GT unlocking with only four crystals. And um, didn't realize that for rooms with the, uh, the torches, that uh, you can have those, even if they're dark rooms, be in logic if you get the fire rod. And I spent pretty much the whole seed being like, all right... I know the flute's got to be, like, that's the only thing I'm really looking for at this point. Where's the flute at? And I did some crazy stuff like um, doing dark uh, TR just to unlock GT, figuring that, like, well, like, it could have been that, uh, you know, flute's in here and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, yeah, it turned out that uh, the flute was in the the dark part of Escape and uh, didn't even consider that in Logic and basically last locationed it my i think i had like 188 items which was better than you temp by two items so i i have that even though you beat my time by about 20 minutes <laughs> yeah get um, out of here with that yeah um I, I, mean, I knew that and also if you had listened to the last episode of go mode you would have known that I, too i would have known that yeah i i didn't listen so that's three um, snaps yeah this is this is why you got to listen to every Every time, guys, because, uh, you know, you miss one episode and you embarrass yourself in front of all your <laughs> randomizer friends. But, um, no, I had a bunch of people from the community, too, that uh, that watched me play along. And uh, thanks to all those who, who were there. It was uh, it was a fun time. And um, despite not, I mean, this is actually the first seat I've played probably in, like, four or five months, maybe. Maybe even six. It's I've been, you know, focused on podcast and tournament and real life. So, um for being as rusty as I was, it was actually a really good seed to play through and knock that rust off because I had to do every single dungeon and pretty much do every single overworld check. And other than forgetting that I didn't have money for Zora, I didn't really screw anything up that badly. Well, actually, that's not true. I also screwed up the Dark Turtle uh, TR room pretty bad. Um, But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was... uh, uh, a really mean seed, and I hate you forever for making it, Temp. That's fine. <laughs> I accept that. Um, so I also played through this one, uh, and the community decided they wanted to... They really wanted to watch a race of people doing it, but I don't think anyone's schedules really quite worked out for that. So yeah. what they did instead 
was uh, a vodcast, and this is kind of a cool concept where you take somebody's vod on Twitch and another person's vod on Twitch, and you sync up the start times, and then you stream it. You do a restream, and basically, you know, have people watch it as if they're racing right now. But this had the unique kind of quality of making it so that. I could be in a Discord or in a Twitch chat watching a commentated race that I had already raced as a spectator, uh, which was kind of weird to, to do. But um, it was myself and, and we watched a VOD of the Daddy Gamers, who was one of our racers in the tournament. And um, I'm, I guess I'll just spoil it. I'll, we do have it on YouTube. Um, if you don't want to be spoiled, that you can, uh, you know, jump ahead. Um, Axe already mentioned some of the item locations, so probably sorry, <laughs> probably not going to be that much fun to play. <laughs> But here's something kind of interesting that happened. Uh, it was a super close race. Um, and, you know, like Axe said, there was some trolley stuff. Uh, there was also the, the ice rod was on green pendant, um, which you had to kill Mothula oh, yeah. to get. So, I, you know, it was it was a mess. But I, I um, found so, that normally, and I was very proud of myself for that. Yeah, and, and I did the Darkroom and, and got the flute really easily. So, um, But that that was kind of what happened with me and TDG is I went and got the flute very easily. He got the um, you know he got his uh, green pendant to get ice rod very easily, and it was us just looking for those other things pretty much the whole time. But we finished uh, in real time. I finished about fifteen seconds ahead of him. So you know in this stream we're doing our interviews, and I'm like, oh you know close one, uh, and everyone's congratulating me as the winner. But if you go look at uh, where we've submitted our times in the Discord. We use in-game time for that, and by in-game time, he beat me by, like, 18 seconds. So it's kind of interesting. Mm. In real time, I beat him, but in in-game time, he beat me. Um, and I wanted to quickly put it to you guys to kind of explain, you know, what would be a situation that would bring something like that about where um, in-game time and real time are, are so different? I mean, for example, just different times in the save selection menu when you save and quit and you take like five seconds to think about what you want to do next or where you want to spawn while your opponent keeps playing. Your real-time timer will keep running, but your in-game timer obviously won't. Mm -hmm. Like that's one example that I can yeah. think of. I think it was a lot of save and quit differences. Menu time, does that have anything to do with it, or does in-game time? I, I don't think that menu, like menu time just counts to in-game time. I think there's some stuff with like room transitions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just thought that was that was weird. But uh, And another, I guess, also to say, like, don't take those leaderboards too, like, take them all with a grain of salt. You know, if you're number two by a few seconds, that doesn't mean, like... You know, oh man, I could have been first if I would have just done this and that and blah blah. Like, there's a lot more at play than just you know that. It's it's more to kind of use as a reference. And I think generally, I'm pretty sure there's someone who's planning on tracking everyone from week to week. And what you really should be interested in is your own improvement over time and seeing those times generally go down. Um, so, but yeah, uh, just to check in, you know, that's going great. We're having a lot of fun with it. Um, again, huge shout outs to Cassidy Moen and Sinak for helping us set up those bots. Super slick. Um, for this week, what kind of seed do you, do we want to generate, guys? What do you think? A, a nice one that makes yeah, everybody happy. No. And, and the average finish time for the entire community is a 115. No. Do we want to do something related to cheating? Maybe we, like, put, uh, like, one run of it out and we say, like, you can watch it if you want. Spoiler it, seed. Like a spoiler seed kind of thing. Is there something we could do with that? Maybe. Hmm. We'll think about it a little bit. Uh, wait, I won't uh, say exactly uh, what... Eck, as our, our guest, what do you think we should do? 
<laughs> don't ask me. You guys should be playing Swordless Insanity Entrance Shuffle within a month. Yeah, don't ask no, me. That's you no guys, good. You should absolutely do a spoiler like See, they are so much fun. If you've never done one before, um, it's like the most stressful way you can play so far I've seen in this game. I really enjoy it. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Okay. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do something like that. I mean, when, when the episode posts, the seed posts pretty much at the same time. So just go check and you'll see what we, what we decided on. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then head into our Discord, uh, which we have a link in the description for you to join uh, if you want to report your time and talk with other people who played it. Uh, let's see. Uh, we're, let's, we're wrapping this thing up. Um, other ways to get in touch with us, the Discord, of course, is great. We're very active on there. You can also email us questions, email at gomodepodcast.com. We're on Twitter at gomodepodcast. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on YouTube, all that stuff. Um, we have two new iTunes reviews, but one of them was for my wife and doesn't Aww. count. <laughs> I did not ask her to do that. She just did it. She's a very sweet woman. Um, but we're at 28 now, and we need two more to get to our 30 before the end of the year. So I'm asking one more time if there's anyone out there who enjoys the show, consider giving us five stars. We'd really appreciate that. Um, let's see. Uh, Axe and Herphy. Uh, Axe, if you want to watch him on Twitch, is uh, twitch.tv slash SA underscore Axial and Herphy is twitch.tv slash Herphy Durfy. Ak, tell us your Twitch and also if you have any like social media or YouTube or anything you want to plug, um, now is now's your chance, sir. Uh, yeah, man. I'm just twitch.tv slash Boker. Um, feel free to tune in if you like somebody who gets angry and has a potty mouth. That's usually me a lot. And, uh, <laughs> you said it's all right if I plug something real quick? Absolutely. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, super fast. Uh, Right now, again, thanks to uh, Sinek, he's been the hero of all of this. I'm in a uh, kind of a, a invite-only tournament right now to test out some settings. We're doing a um, it's it's mystery setting. So whenever you download the seed, you have no idea what your goal is. It could be a pedestal goal, it could be a triforce goal, all dungeons. It could be entrance shuffle, enemizer, swordless. You have no idea. You have to figure out all that stuff on the fly. Uh, Ooh, he set wow. up the bot so we could generate that stuff. And, I mean, now that we have, you know, the, the Ganon crystals, you know, they could be anything. Killing Ganon with a certain amount of crystals, you literally have no idea. It's been, like, one of the most fun experiences I've had. So, uh, you guys could, uh, if you ever see the just the multi-twitch on SRL, we do them all. You can check out the races. Uh, you can even generate the seed using uh, some of the uh, commands. I definitely uh, suggest giving it a whirl. That's, That's awesome. Neat. Yeah. So it's if someone were to subscribe to you on Twitch, that'd probably be the easiest way to keep on top of those. Uh, that, that, yeah, that's the only way to do it. Uh, yes. Yeah, Sub so didn't know. Uh, Cynic actually. Um, no. Uh, this can all be done just for for anybody as long as you're on the the ALTTP Rando Discord. Um, there's definitely a way to make it work. Cool. Okay. Awesome. And I'm uh, I'm on Twitch also. Twitch.tv slash temp underscore. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's going to call it great episode. I feel very excited to release this one. We've been talking about doing a cheating episode literally for over a year at this point. Uh, and I think we knocked it out of the park. Very, very excited for people to hear. Um, last thing I'll say is, uh, if you enjoy the show, um, consider letting other people know about it. Um, maybe you are, I'm actually going to speak to some of the more like, established members of the community right now because i feel like we uh, we hear a lot of people saying we're a show that's great for new players and and i love that and i don't i don't want to shy away from that but i think there might also be players who are a little more 
you know, uh, established in the community that might not have been into the show when we first started because we were talking about a lot of like dungeon walkthroughs and sort of basic stuff. Now we're talking about kind of more big picture type things. And I don't know, maybe they might be into it. So if you enjoy the show, uh, let your friends know who are into Randomizer or into podcasts or both. And, uh, you know, uh, have, have them check us out. Have, have them check this episode out. Uh, and we, we greatly appreciate that. So uh, I'm going to now wrap this up again. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you again, Ak, uh, for joining us. And um, let's go ahead and mirror out.